0: When the government sees a certain tribe rising, they find a way of making sure they don't rise.
1: It sounds like there's one tribe in power. They circumcise because your tribe doesn't circumcise. They're yeah. using propaganda and money from the United States and demonizing their political opposition. Exactly. You're listening to The Brendan Murata Show. In this episode, I talked to Jay Jinga, a journalist who is working to end circumcision in Kenya. This is an in-depth look at what the issue of circumcision actually looks like in African countries like Kenya. As someone who's researched circumcision for a long time, there were still things I learned from Jay's perspective. So if you are interested in understanding the nuances of that issue in Africa, this is a must-listen-to episode. Audio is a little spotty at some points in this episode because we are having a call all the way from Kenya to where I live in Texas. But Jay's perspective on how circumcision intersects with local tribal politics and powerful foreign interests is well worth listening to. Now, here is Jay. For the people in my audience who don't know who you are, what's your name and where are you in the world right now? My name is Jay
0: Mjinga. I'm from Kenya. I'm from Kenya, Kenya, Africa. I know most of you know where Kenya is, where Barack Obama came from, US president. So that's where I come from, uh, in a place, a village called Kisumu. Most basically, where I come from, circumcision is viewed uh, in two, two different terms, the religious part of it, and then the tribe part of it. So the religious part of it, uh, most people that get circumcised here are Muslims. Uh, the tribal part of it is uh, there are certain tribes that that uh, circumcise, while others do FGM, like circumcision of female and male at the same time, while others only carry out the male circumcision. So a tribe I come from is a tribe that uh, does not support circumcision because it is not our culture. But uh, the government rolled out a program of male circumcision that was in around uh, 2010 there, where every person despite of your religious, despite of your culture, was to be circumcised because of uh, some ideology. I don't know who brought about that idea that when you're circumcised, uh, you have lower risk of getting HIV AIDS and cervical cancer. So the campaign was very intense. People, the people were paid money. They went to villages uh, where people do not circumcise. uh, Case in point, my tribe, Amaluru. So if you look, if you look at the history of law, we actually don't circumcise. But at this point, more people from my tribe have been circumcised because of the agenda the government put in place that if you get circumcised, you won't get HIV AIDS. And this was given a fact because where I come from, HIV is prevalent. So many people have HIV from, from where I come from. So that was the target audience. That's why it was very easier to coerce people to from my tribe to to take up a culture they don't believe in, just because of, you know, the government policy, the propaganda campaign. And also there's some things that people are being given, like if you get circumcised, your family will be given something, maybe a sponsorship, education. So you find that uh, most people in the village couldn't question much, but they forced their kids to be circumcised. And I was one of them at that time that was taken for that uh, that that circumcision actually I was I was the top hundred people that were first circumcised when the program was initiated by the government of Kenya from my from my village, and uh, the experience was really antagonizing. Like, you know, something you don't know, something you've never thought of in your life. Someone just comes and then they tell you, you know, what you're supposed to do this. So I vividly really remember that day. Uh, some people came with a car. We were about uh, 20 boys who we were put in that van and then they drove us to a certain dispensary. There was a hospital that was carrying out free male circumcision under the government and under USAID. I don't know, you, you know USAID, the program? Yes, USAID from I've US. heard of it. Yes, it was the one sponsoring that uh, that program. So when we were taken there for the circumcision, we reached there, they talked to us, they talked to us about HIV AIDS. So you see, the whole thing was about, you know, the answers, do you have a girlfriend? Do uh, you know what cervical cancer is? Do you know that if you're not circumcised, you you carry a high risk of giving the person you love cancer? You know, and also if you are not circumcised, you can get HIV AIDS because uh, that time your foreskin is still, you know, very sensitive. So when you engage in sex, you will definitely have HIV AIDS if you're not circumcised. So those were some of the small you know, things they talked about while you were there waiting for our turns. Then we there, one by one, we were called, uh, taken to a room, given some injections. Uh, Ten minutes, I experienced the most pain I've never felt in my entire life. I think when that uh, medicine, had, the, the medicine they injected us had, had uh, gotten finished, it, I was in extreme you know, I was there. I could see everything. From there, they drove. They took us back home, all of us to our different villages where we came from. But I can tell you, for the le- next two weeks, it was terrible. You know, you wake up in the morning. You want to. You find that your, your entire penis is stuck on some piece of clothing, blood. Right? So you wake up in the morning. You try to go and urinate, it's so painful. It was so so painful for throughout something like three good weeks. We couldn't go to school. We were just home. You know, maybe the only thing we were taking was some painkillers, a little bit of that. And then we went for another checkup. When the government brought in such kind of an assumption, you find that most youths that were circumcised, when they got healed, they started practicing unsafe sex. Because now they felt that, you know, they're invisible. You know, because the government said you know, when you circumcise 99%, you will not get HIV if you circumcise." So this... If you look at uh, if you do the research of where I come from from the time people are circumcised uh, now, you will find that there is an increase of infection, It has, it has increased, uh, STDs, STIs, and unwanted pregnancies. You know, because people are now engaging in sex because they know they know we are now circumcised, we are saved. Okay. That was very misleading because you know in the village no one has the information, no one has that internet whereby they can question something. You know. So people just took it blindly out of that, engaging into two different types of sex and every, every, every everything, like without the fear, without any control, without anything. So uh, when I went to school and uh, kind of got exposed to the internet and other stuff, I started reading, you know, a lot of stuff. I started reading and getting more information, and asking myself, because I was comparing uh, Muslim countries. You find Muslim countries that carry out circumcision, yes? you find that they have higher rate of HIV AIDS, you see. So I said, how comes that such and such a country, for example, Senegal is a country that has more Muslims or even Sudan, Sudan has more Muslims. But if you look at the index, HIV index, you find that Sudan has high infection rates. So I started comparing this, and then also went back to where, where I come from. And I found that when I went and looked at the data there, I found that there was an increase in HIV. So I was, I was I was like, how can the government mislead its own people by giving them an information that is not true, yet deep down in their heart, they know that this is so misleading. So I started engaging, you know, I was so curious, I started asking a lot of questions. And then we came to election, you know, in Kenya, after every five years, you have elections. And then again, this election, it was again speared throughout circumcision again, My my tribe, you see there's a tribe that is governing us now we call it the kikui tribe is the one that the president comes from there so you find that there are people there's a nickname they call people from our side One are not circumcised they believe like that like they call it kipi meaning they cannot think like their brain is small because they are not circumcised you see that narrative the, the tribalistic narrative that they've pushed so this so as i'm talking to people from there, a lot of them, and they are feeling there's this inferiority complex that was in them, but this certain tribe, they feel they are up there, then the leadership ranks because they're circumcised, they're the special one. And then this other tribe is not special because they are kipi, kipi means uh, somebody who's stupid, the culture they believe for you to become a man, you must be circumcised.
1: We, we had a little bit so of a connection really breakup we had a little bit of a connection break up on that word can you say what that word is again that that they use for this or that they they believe around people who are they not supposed- uh,
0: they call it kipi key key p." you get it key p." so it. during political intensity like uh, during this election time they use that propaganda a lot so you find uh people are forcefully circumcised on the streets. If you check out on the PEV, post-election violence in Kenya, you'll find that over 1,000 people were forcefully circumcised by another tribe. They, they, they get you on the street. Can you see now how they're landmarking? They get you on the street, they ask your name, they undress you, they shake your penis. If they find that you're not circumcised, they conclude you're not from their tribe, you see. So you find people here circumcised for very many reasons. So that they can be safe from political instability, uh, so that they they can not they cannot feel ma- ma- marginalized, and then also the government propaganda about HIV and then cervical cancer. So you find those are the three main strong points that you if you if I talk to most of the people I talk to, those are the things that you get to know that the reason why most of them are being circumcised, despite the fact that it is supposed to be a cultural thing. Like, not all cultures actually circumcised in Africa. There are those that don't. But now in Kenya, I don't know why in Kenya. In Kenya now, you find that people, whether you're rich tribe, which tribe, whether you're, not, you're a Muslim or not a Muslim, people just go and get circumcised because it is even free of charge in the hospitals, you see? So they know you're not going to spend any money. It is free. Uh, there's some things you're going to get. Maybe your child can get sponsorship to go and study, you see, from the village. So they're using all those things to make you, you know. Then they also pass the propaganda. They have these people, they call them bloggers. They'll be like, why girls love Kenyan men that are circumcised? You see such kind of headlines. So if you are a man and you read such kind of headlines and you're you're dating a girl who loves somebody circumcised, you start feeling inferior, you know. So you'll be like, maybe I should impress her and let me go and circumcise. Here, even people circumcise. Forty-year-old, you find a forty-year-old man has gone to circumcise. You see, so it's something that is mind controlling. Like someone just wakes up in the morning and you feel that pressure. All the pressure is coming. This tribe is calling you this name. Uh, this 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 government is telling you this that one. So you find that most people here actually the age groups are being circumcised around eighteen years, uh, nineteen years. Even fifty-year-olds, you find them. They are volunteer. You know what happens with them uh dude, you're not even circumcised what do you mean you're still a young boy you know maybe if you want us to be in a relationship show me that you're a man you see so you find that some men like because you know love and all that because maybe they're eagerly in love with that person he finds himself that he just decides and offers and goes and gets circumcised so that's the major huge problem that you're having here you know the lack of information so when i i, I met uh when one time i posted on facebook about the why circumcision is not not something that we should be encouraging, you know. As a government, if they're talking about uh, hygiene, a government should build more more, like boreholes and everything to give us water so that you know people can have that hygiene thing instead of having a false propaganda that is even killing more people. So when I, (coughs) I started that campaign, I really got a lot of backlash actually. I'm, I'm always having in 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 and out. I'm always out of court. Uh, uh recently I had a case that uh I was out on bond that I'm spreading propaganda, you know, against the government. You see the government doesn't want you to do something that they're supporting. Like if they're supporting this and you're against it, they they give you names, they try you propagandist, you know such type of thing. So
1: I, I want to make sure you know, I understand, understand that i um, so you're saying that they will actually take you to court for, according to them, spreading the proper
0: anti yes, anti government because it, it's a huge thing. I don't know, I don't know that the government is getting some money from it, but uh, it's a huge campaign. If you check, if you check, you'll find that over a hundred thousand youths were circumcised. You see, so it's something huge that the government has a plan. They have a target actually. They have a target. So if if they feel you're threatening that, and then they see how articles because men used to go to the villages, you see, and then when you see you talk, you talk, you know, people start. Eh, what's what's going on? It's that type of thing. It creates people eyebrows and all that. So it's crazy that when when America put emphasis on Kenya to stop FGM, actually it stopped. Right now, if you if you circumcise a woman, you can get life imprisonment or 20 years in jail, or you can pay around uh, $20,000 a fine. When the, when the government has enforced that, actually it became very successful. It is very rare to find women, unless privately they get circumcised, but then it is if if a huge case, and even celebrities, you see, they supported, they put in a lot of money into it, and FGM has been controlled in my country. It's very rare to find that women are being circumcised, you see. But then it's funny that the government is doing the opposite when it comes to the male the male part of it the MGM. It is again supporting MGM but fighting FGM. So it is an imbalance. you see so men are supposed to be circumcised, but the women they're having very strong laws, very strong laws you see. So in Kenya about male circumcision, they don't even have you know people, some people get circumcised traditionally with razor blades. No anesthesia, nothing, you see. There are no laws protecting that. And if you look at the news, I posted it. I have a Facebook page called Stop the Cut. I'll, I'll give you the link. Uh, I'll show you the news. where Three kids died. They died uh, because of bleeding. You know, they did this law called circumcision where they use razor blades. So they overbled and died, you see. But it was just the news. It was just like a by the way. Uh, they didn't care much. Those people were not even arrested. Actually, they just came. You know what happened? Uh, what they did, they just came against. against sensitizing them. They told them, you know what, uh, instead of doing this traditional circumcision, we are going to open a dispensary so that the boys can be have safe circumcision there. You see, now that's the support they gave them. They did not even arrest though the people who were involved. Uh, they did not do something, any anything, you know, which means that another person can still do it, you see? Because there are, there are no laws to govern that. But if it was FGM, those people would have been looked for everywhere, you know, would be in rest, even jail for a lot of years. You see, when you check my wall, you post about it. Uh, most of the people, they just take it as a joke, like it's not serious to them, because they feel, you know, that is what you're supposed to do. So it's a hard struggle, but I do believe. Sometimes when some when people are talking about something, it is good because at least now people even post my, my Facebook friends. They, they post very those memes. You see, circumcision, those jokes, but a good thing. So whether it is bad uh, publicity or good publicity, but at this point, at this stage, I can say when it comes to my campaign, I can say I'm now on, on the on the stage of exposure and uh, creating an awareness where people are now at least they're talking about it. Some are even opening up in my inbox. Even the girls, they're saying, you know what? I enjoy sex with the man who is not circumcised more than the man who is circumcised. You see now that conversation, which I'm now liking it, because even the women, though they cannot, they cannot come out, but they can, you know, they can text me and tell me that you no, know, the truth is, I have a guy, I have my, you know, a girl, now. this lady saying that the husband is circumcised and uh, she has a side guy who is not. And when he's, when he compares the sex, she enjoys more sex from the guy who's not circumcised uh there's this lady who has she has two guys actually two, two boyfriends uh the husband is circumcised and then he has a guy who is not circumcised and she tells me that she enjoys this guy who is not circumcised she enjoys his sex as compared to this other guy who is circumcised which to me is true because at least I, I, I have experienced both sides, like the time I was, I was not circumcised and the time I'm now circumcised. You see, at least I am, I am in the position to differentiate my sex life when I was, before I was circumcised and now when I'm circumcised, you see. So you find that, uh, practically speaking, when now, before I was circumcised, sex was different. You know, it had feelings, you, you could feel it like, yes, this is something you're feeling. And now when uh, when I'm allowed that I'm this phase that I'm now going through, I'm, I'm circumcised, you feel a little bit of numbness. There's that, you know, the, the numbness, the, the, the feeling, the feeling is not that intense the way it used to, you know. It feels like, uh, I don't know, like you're going in the same thing forever. It doesn't feel new, you see. That's how I feel it. And when they say that, I understand what, what, she, what her point of view is, because you see, when they circumcise you, there's a, a thousand nerve cells they mess up, you see? Like when they remove the foreskin, skin, there are a thousand and thousands of nerve cells they're messing up with. I know sex is about the nerve cells. And when those nerve cells are missing, of course something is going to, to be missing from you, you see? It's like you're now trying, it's like the physical sex when you're circumcised, Is the feeling you're getting from the the visual part of it, but not the feeling you're getting from the the touch or the sensitivity part of it, you see? So I understood their point, and they're like, you know, and most of them are coming out. Actually, there's a group where there's a certain group you find where women come or where women can talk about their secrets, you see?
1: There's a bunch of things in there. You mentioned that when you were young, they basically yes. took you and a whole group of kids and brought you to a, a U.S. circumcision clinic. How old were you when that happened?
0: Uh, I, I was, uh, let's say I was, I was, I was a teenager. I was going to, I was joining, uh, high school. I was done with my primary education. And that, so that's uh, when I finished my national examination. During that 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 holiday, when you're supposed to join high school, so during that time is when uh, at first the first weeks they they came with cars. Whereby you know they had these uh, microphones. They were talking about circumcision, the benefits. You know that's the whole week. They're just there. They had crusades eh, where people could go and gather there in the villages. They put movies for Jesus. You know, those things that entice people. Entertainment. They even had musicians who could perform there, you know, talking about circumcision. So it could attract, at least, if you are a youth, you're a teenager, obviously, you'll follow the caravan, you know, follow them up to where they're going. So after that one week of of information, the next week, uh, they could come village to village, door by door. They register the names of boys that are there, that are not the boys. they registered our names. After registering, they gave us some numbers. They said uh, the next, the following week, uh, they'll be coming to collect you from your homes so that you can be taken to the hospital, you know? So that is how the whole thing went. And now when they came, you see, oh, she just accepted Plus, price. They also promised if you agree to circumcision, they'll educate your, your child. Which they didn't do. see now the problem here. They they told us, they'll sponsor us our education, which they never even did that. They never did that.
1: So, so, so hold on. What, what were the promises or, or bribes that they offered? And then you said they didn't follow through on them? Or what was the story there? Uh, the, the,
0: the promises. The, the number one promise was uh, they'll take us because we were joining from 1 high school. Uh, they'll educate us for free, free education. They'll buy us books. The only thing they did at that particular time: sugar, uh, salt, and uh, tea leaves. Those are the things uh, I saw when they were giving her. And uh, the time they were also circumcising us, they when we were seated there, they gave us each of us they gave us soda, Coca-Cola, a bottle each before the circumcision, uh, and bread. So those are the incentives they that I can say. their promises, uh, education, mainly to education, because they know, you see, that's the weakest part of everyone, you know? They know you cannot afford this, it's expensive, so let's give, let's tell them something that they like, you know? Because in the village, most people want to take their kids to high school, but they cannot because it's expensive. So when you come with such an idea and uh, people like it, obviously, your parents will be like, you know what, my son, you see, we are poor, we have no money. This is an option for you to go to study. You know, you wanted to be a doctor. So this is a good opportunity. Just go get circumcised, you see. So you also feel like, ah, let me just go and save my parents the burden. So that's mainly. Uh, and then another part that I forgot to tell you that is very important. Uh, with the traditional circumcision, there's this person that circumcises. You see, he comes, the kids are about around 11, 10, 11, 12 13 years. That's when they circumcise them. And uh, there's a law. They, they're circumcising you without uh, that injection that makes the pain go away. And, uh, whatever the name is, they, are, uh, they, they, they don't use that. They use razor blade. If you catch the hand of that person who is circumcising you, your family owes that person two cows. So you're supposed to stand strong. You're not even supposed to bite your teeth. You see, they're they, they drumming. like It's, it's like uh, if you watch these movies, eh? There's that drumming, they're drumming and it. They have painted you, you know, that type of thing. If you've know, if you read The Lord of the Flies, if, if you read that over, A Lord of the Flies, you can get the idea. They're drumming, they are doing what, they have, have painted like this, like it's like you're going to war, preparing for something that's not there. So when the people are drumming, you're supposed to stand, actually they circumcise you along the river. You're supposed to stand firm. You're not supposed to look at the person, you're supposed to look straight singing, you know war drums are there, but if you do a mistake and touch the hands of that person, automatically your family owes them two two cows, you see. And then also after circumcision, there's a party. And all the youths that have been circumcised at that time, people collect money, full. actually that money you're supposed to use it as your pocket money when you're joining high school. So any person that is joining high school must have the money that uh, the family will collect at the party, because people will come, eh? You'll walk, all of you that have been circumcised, you'll wear, there's something they will give you a certain thing, a, a, a sack of cloth, you'll tie yourself with it, you'll walk in a line with a, a bowl where people will will be giving you money, you know, as, as an appreciation, something like that. And when people give you money, you'll be, you know, that is now yours. When you're joining school, high school, you can use it as your pocket money, and now when you go to school and you have money, everyone will know, ah, you know, he's circumcised. So that is the traditional part of it. That's why it is so hard to let these people know that you're not supposed to do this. And then you can also be banished if you refuse. There are people I know in their villages, they if circumcision, they hold them by force and take them for circumcision that I, I talk to from those tribes that circumcise. So it's a, it's a huge thing here. It's very, very huge.
1: It sounds like there's a whole series of social pressures around the circumcision itself. That It's not just that they're saying this is a good thing to do, but also we'll give you this free stuff and your, your status as a man is somehow connected to it. And there's social things and that there's a a huge system around it. You also said that when you were sharing information that, circumcision was harmful and not something that people should do there were accusations from the government that you were spreading propaganda against them and i want to know more about that because in america we have free speech laws that make it so that you're allowed to criticize the government but i don't know what the situation is in kenya around that so what is how does one get reported for that what what are the laws there and then what how does that work
0: Uh, You see here, we have a system of governance uh, that starts from the chief down. So if you want to do anything, you have to get a a paper clearance that, you know what, I want to move around, uh, talk to people, this and that. So the Gathering Act, whereby you have to get a a documentation to allow you to do that. So when I went to the chief and uh, I got, they gave me, but I didn't tell them uh, the gathering was about anti-circumcision because I knew they wouldn't give me if I, if I told them that. When I was spreading my information to these villagers, showing them even to the ones who going to school because I had my phone, my smartphone, uh, showing them some of the things they should you know, question about circumcision, even showing them the indexes about HIV. You know? So I brought it into, uh, a, I, brought it, I joined my circumcision with HIV so that maybe they could think I'm educating them on safe sex. But through the safe sex, I interconnected it with my anti-circumcision, which caught people in a bad way. It's not good for you to circumcise because if you circumcise, it is this and this. It is something that I'm I'm like saying, uh, what the government is doing for you people here is bad. You're supposed to go against it, you see. So it is a rebellion type of thing. And I told them, you know what, uh, this 21st century people have freedom, people have things they can say. People, I can say this, I can say that. Why are you stopping that? Caught me off. God, he told me, orders from above. You know, when someone says orders from above, then it means phone calls were made somewhere, you know. So when they told me that I was someone to appear in the court to answer to questions of, 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 of illegal uh, activities, actually, that's what they, they said, legal activities. So I asked myself, I was, I was surprised, like, what do they mean by legal activities? I'm not a rebel, there's nothing that I'm doing, you know? So I went for my case, I had, had someone, lawyer pro bono, a friend of mine, I was there, who went, was there at the court when I was summoned, he, was, he stood up for me, he talked, he with them, he told them this and that, you know, things have changed, blah, blah, blah. And then the the judge that was on my case, corona COVID, you know there's illegal gatherings and you know this. Then the law was like, if there's illegal gatherings, how can politicians are moving? Because actually at this point we are we are doing we are having campaigns. Next year we are having a general election. Politicians are moving toward the country. You see, with a lot of people. Why is it that mine is going to increase corona? You see, it's felt a reason like that because first of all I wasn't even having a gathering. I was actually moving door to door, you see, talking to people that I could find, going to schools, you see. So it was just something to make you know, to make you fear, to make you not know, talk about some they feel if you talk about this, it's you're going to make people not do this. Because come to think of it, when I'm doing my own other research, I find that the foreskin that they take from us is being used in other countries to, you know, to manufacture other things. I'm just coming to understand that right now, after doing my reading and also talking with other people, that this skin is again, very important in another country, you know, for their research. You know, like us in our countries, people, we don't have a lot of doctors who will even carry out any research, you see. We depend mostly, basically in uh, overseas, America, UK, any whatever they say is what we depend on. So saw so why the government was so strong on this, because if you look at the entire Kenya right now, to be honest, I am the only person who is campaigning against it. I even got a huge follower by uh, people, some bloggers. were like, you know what, yeah. that type of thing. So you wonder if there's freedom of expression, freedom of speech. Why is it, uh, why is it so hard for the for, for government to hear out people who, who are contradicting or contro uh, contradicting uh, idea? About the things they're trying to implement. I was out. I was, was given bail uh, the other day. Actually, I even posted a picture there on my wall. I don't know if I'll send you the pictures when I was in. I was in court. Whereby I was, yeah, I, was I was. I was released. Two hundred dollars bond. Uh, and that's that small stuff. Maybe my accounts. Actually, this is now my seventh account. They keep reporting my account, You see, Facebook. 30 days ban, you know all those bans, you know you post something, someone, a friend uh, when you post something, maybe Facebook is, doesn't even know about what you're posting, but someone who's against it, reports whatever you've posted, highlighting Facebook, making out Facebook to monitor me so strongly, you see, so when I write this circumcision, I get monitored now this is actually my seventh account the others were given 60 days ban another one and just someone hacked another one it disappeared. So it's hard, but I'm not giving up. I'm not ready to give up. Like, no one knew there would be same-sex marriages, you know, some things like that. No one knew that one day, one time, people will come out and say, you know what, I'm gay without being judged. It's sustained. And uh, when they one time maybe that, you know what, you're getting HIV AIDS because the government lied to you, because that is how I tell them, You know what? You're having the virus because the government lied to you that when you're circumcised, you can now practice you can now have sex the way you want. You see, now you see you have an infection. Do you know why you have it? Because you're circumcised under the pretext that if you're circumcised, you will not get it. But you see, you now have it. You see, and now that is what is hurting the government when I tell them the truth like that. Which is the truth. It's not a lie, it is the truth.
1: It sounds like also that one of the ways that they are trying to silence you is bureaucracy so, so you you are only allowed to have a public gathering if you get a permit and they'll just deny the permit if they don't like what you're gathering for I, i'm also curious how this is issue has changed with covid and the coronavirus in your country because it sounds like that is also something that they're using to prevent people from having public gatherings And I know that that has expanded the power of the medical system in my country. But I'm curious if it's done something similar in yours or what the impact there has been on this issue.
0: The government, because of Corona, uh, they are having ideas. You see, if they feel there's a revolution. Like uh, when Corona came, we were taken on a total lockdown without a procedure. Uh, We had... America is on total lockdown, at least your country gave you you know, stimulus checks and all that. As we were just told from today onwards, not going to work, work online, three, no gatherings, four, public means we're supposed to carry four people in a vehicle that carries 14. Uh, they also said you have to wear masks in public places if you are, uh, then they closed worshiping, all, all forms of places that could bring you know, people to gather. They closed that curfew. They they put an, a curfew whereby you're supposed to be in your house by six in the evening. Just like that. Nothing, no money, not like they didn't even know how people are going to survive, how people are going to eat. You know, they just copied. You see the problem we have in Africa. We, we, we love to copy things from the Western world. Yet, you people, you have done your research, you've tried out and seen how this can work or this cannot work. You even Study the implications. Eh? What if we put these people on curfew? If you put, if we put Americans, will they go crazy and have a revolution? You see, and what is what have we put in place instead in case they have a? When people are now, you know, you see the mind. There's a way you cannot log people through all the time. You know, there's that stress levels. When the stress levels are high, obviously people are just go, they are going to wake up and just go to the streets. You see, that is something I'm very very sure your government has studied and they know what they will do if such a thing happens. In my country, no studies. We just copy things. <laughs> we just copy. You know, America has put a total lockdown. Kenya, lockdown. True.
1: I can say that the American system is far less effective than what Americans present to the rest of the world. And if you think that we know what we're doing, that yeah. then the, the propaganda has been effective. Because from the perspective of, a, of an American, very often our government still doesn't know what it's doing.
0: Yeah. us, you have Africa and talk about circumcision. They'll listen to you, actually. They will give they will give you an ear. <laughs> we have that uh, superiority complex. It's huge. They'll believe you if you came and told them this is bad. Hmm. If you told them this vaccine is good, it will work on you, they'll believe it. You see, the white man said it will work. Yes, it is good. Uh, government, we, we come from different tropical zones. Someone who is a scientist can say a vaccine that could work in America, if you if you look at the protein system, or let's just look at the DNA and everything. You see with, with vaccines, it's all about the DNA and everything. If you have to compare the two zones, you, America and Africa, we are different, really. You see, that's when American, an American will come to Kenya and die of malaria. We all get malaria and survive, you see. So it's all about the DNA. How do you get a vaccine from another country? Actually, you have imported, they have also started that campaign. I also have a picture I posted. We are, we are being given the vaccine free of charge. At first, it was it was, uh, it was was around $300 to be vaccinated. It is now free of charge, for getting vaccinated free of charge. You see? They have not even done any experiments. You don't even know that that country wishes you good. <laughs> you see? Like, they just give you things. You know, we are a trial ground for developed countries. More so when it comes with um, uh, vaccines, uh, this uh, this drug that make women not get pregnant. What are they called? These pills. A lot of women are complaining. They can no longer have babies after even after taking off those things. They don't want to inject them. I don't know. You know. Well, that was become sterilized.
1: That was something I was going to ask: is what the relationship is between American. Yeah companies and and the American government and the local Kenyan government. How, how do they work together or what is the relationship there? And I'm curious when people are doing things like circumcisions uh, for these programs in Kenya, are there locals carrying it out or are there Americans and foreigners carrying it out? What's the relationship?
0: Uh, what we what see uh, America is, is always weak they educate medical doctors, the, the, the local people. The, you see what they try to do in Afghanistan by they go train local soldiers so that the local people can at least have their own government. You see that type of approach. So that's the same thing they do here in Africa. Uh, they work with the, 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 the local doctors, nurses. They take them for training. Sponsor training, then they bring them back, and then it is them to talk to you. You see, if someone talks to you in your local language, you feel like, okay, we are getting what they're saying. So, if you reach there in the hospital, you'll find the people doing that are the, actually the people you know, you know, people you are with from the villages. They were taken for training, and even the people who are walking around spreading the gospel about circumcision, they first have to go through training by the Americans first. So after being been trained what to say and after passing that training they, they get paid too. Cause you see they, they, there's no jobs. If you tell a youth you go spread propaganda we'll pay you monthly. They will happily take that job. And besides they know ah yeah, I'm working with a mzungu. We call them zungu, means a white person. Yeah, I'm working with a <laughs> You see that that feeling. They feel proud. You know they feel they are they are, they are working under you say you say NGO yes. They call it NGOs. So they feel good about it. They will do it. Even for some small money, they'll do it. But uh, Americans, you won't find them in hospitals that they're the ones circumcising. No. It's the local people we know. You find a neighbor. You don't even know. uh, You didn't even know they were studying nursing or anything. So you'll be surprised that your neighbor is a nurse in a certain hospital. So that's what they do. They educate the locals, but also the ones who are going to school after doing that. Then you, the locals, are now the ones who are now to deal with it. with the locals now the ones where you come from. That's their job is just to put in money. You see, they have you know, America has money, they pump money in your government. And Kenya and America, our relationship is very strong. You know, you have a huge relationship. And since Africa is also going back to China, America now has to put a lot of you know effort to show, you know, has to put a lot of money. So it's a, it's a political war. China, Kenya. US, you see, they're fighting for the same thing, you know, the control of Africa. So, America, they have to come with, there are also other other things, you know, China comes with this, America comes with this, the strongest one. I you know with English, it's easier to learn than, than Chinese. Obviously, uh, America will win. So, that's how they do. But you will not see them being there that they're circumcising. You know, you won't see them.
1: Is there a way that the American people in my audience could? Help people like you who are trying to end circumcision in your country?
0: There are ways, for example, uh, less okay, it might be a vulnerable approach, but that is what Africa is used to. Africa is used to vulnerability. Like, if you want to help Africa, you look, you go where it's most vulnerable. For example, here is a case a guy is coming to tell you, circumcise. They're giving you blankets, the things you need. Then there's me, who is coming with no incentive. I'm just coming with, with internet and my phone and information. Who will they buy, who, 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 between me and the other guy? Don't you think they'll listen to the other guy more even though he's telling them lies? You see, they want something tangible because we even have people built their own uh, NGOs in my village, you see. They want that support transition. You'll find they have their people where people can go their libraries, there, the internet, you see the things they're providing. So, I find that these people are stuck between the thing that will help us and the thing that will not. So, it mostly like I started up, I started this campaign. I was like, for me to be maybe the support base could be a tangible place. Let me say, I've rescued three people, they have come to stay there because there's a lady who's doing a very good work. He rescues girls that have been raped. Do you know that now? He has is getting sponsorship from America because of that. Americans are joining hands, you know, with, with, with rights and all that. Americans are now joining hands, they're helping her. They even built for her a rescue center where she texts those anyone that has been raped. You see, the young girls, whatever. He takes she texts them and puts them there. You see. Now her name is all over. People now trust her. If she says this. They trust her because she's offering a solution. Now here's me. I have four, four people that I told you that rent from the village. They can no longer go back there because when they go there, they will be forcefully circumcised, you see. The only thing I can offer them is maybe to stay at my place for some time, you see, which, which is not a long-lasting solution. What about food? You know, they have to eat. So when someone sees that he's suffering like that, he might decide and say, ah, why should I suffer of my village? But when you offer somebody help, whereby, has a place whereby they can always come and stay. You see, you know what? If they're forcing you to circumcise, you don't have to. You see, when you save four people, they'll spread the news also. "Eh, This guy saved us. It was like, they also, they will make sure their kids will never be circumcised if that is what they pass through. You see, they will make sure their kids will never be circumcised because they are not answerable anymore to their tribe. They can now survive. Now imagine you get those people, you educate them, uh, you, you teach them more things, you see, that kind of unity. It becomes serious, because when I post on Facebook, some people don't believe, you know, but now when I told them that I'm having an interview, eh, I saw a lot of, you know, people say, ah, I always believed in you, you see, that association of small success, people want to associate with you when they see success in, in something. So you see the comments, I always believed, I told you, this, I told you continue doing this, even the person who was never talked to you see, Success is attractive. Our campaign is working and uh, uh, at least is there's a progress. They don't want to associate themselves with it. You'll even find some people even start volunteering because they feel like their lives have changed. Because man, I know computer. I know that, you see, I can teach them how to work online. You see, give them a new approach to life. They now look like they're indebted to me in another way, which will make them feel like, you know what? I also need to step up my our game and all. So they'll make sure the people something. That's the point. There's always a cost. There's always a price to something. So at that moment, uh, the money I use because no one, no, no one is sponsoring me at the moment. Because I'm just using my. I, I do. I, I work online. I write articles. I'm an article writer. So sometimes I write product reviews. I get paid. So when I get paid, I know this money is going to help with my court cases. Uh, when I get paid, I know when I say. Because right now, I, have, I told you, the guys, the four guys, sometimes I have to go see them, buy get them some things to eat, you know. So it's just like that. Small, 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 but it will grow. That's what I believe in. But it's hard for Africa to believe in you when they're not seeing any successful thing. That's the problem. They want blankets. Uh, I was thinking if you could donate computers, just so that they can get information. You see, information is very good. You see, people do things because they lack the information. If they have internet, if they can spare time have a place, a they can have internet computer. Tell them these videos on YouTube. Right now, someone cannot watch YouTube because they'll open the YouTube and the bundles, because they yeah, have use bundles. At least for me, I, have, I, have, I can say I have Wi-Fi. Someone will, will think, should I buy bundles or I should buy food? You see those questions. So if, you, if they have a place they can go, internet surf and all that, they will see, they, they, they will spread the news.
1: It, it sounds like part of the challenge that you're facing is social proof and infrastructure. So the, the people who exactly. are... Exactly. I was going to say, it sounds like one of the challenges that you face is that the people who are trying to push circumcision have lots of resources they can offer and the... Wow. People and communities that are trying to resist that often need those resources and aren't going to be able to resist unless they have the ability to do that. And yes. it sounds like you may need to build an organization or network of some kind in order to give them that support.
0: Yes, because uh, even uh, uh, I have my ancestral land, uh, uh, my my. Dad, when he, when he died, he left me my piece of land, and uh, I've always told myself that this land I want to dedicate it to, to circumcision, anti-circumcision. Like I had a dream of, you know, building a shelter home that has computers, uh, internet, and a library, where people in my village they they would come and uh, have access to it i make sure that I put a huge name there about the circumcision because that is my piece of, it's my private land. It's, it's there, that's my land. So that's the dream that uh, I really have as of now, to create something that is dependable. And then the good thing is the next, according to the political uh, arrangement as per now, uh, the person who is going to be the president next, things are going to change. Government is not going to, you know, you see the problem, the person in the president right now is from another tribe that circumcises, you see. So the next, part, according to the way I'm seeing the politics, the political debate is going, someone from my tribe is going to be the president and maybe the laws will reduce and maybe I'll be able to build my place, put, you know, make it an anti-circumcision center whereby people can come there, get material, you know, I know people, there are a lot of materials about circumcision that someone can, you know, can donate. Uh, Then the most important thing, the most, most important thing is computers. Once you open a computer center in a village, it will be the one of its kind. You go through whatever they're watching, you can, you know, can put some things, you know, about circumcision. There's a way you can set up your computers to have those adverts, the dangers of circumcision. You see, that's the project that I'm really eyeing that if I could get a sponsorship or if I could get someone who is willing to, you know, because the piece of land is there. Because here in Kenya, land is the biggest problem. Land is very expensive, like me, my dad left me land. I'm the firstborn, only child. I have my piece of land there, no one can ever, can ever, can ever get hold of it, it's mine. So I told myself, I'll build that center there. Put for them a computer center with free, in- everyone loves free internet. I don't think there's <laughs> everyone in the world have free internet, you know. So if you put that and you find people, the youth, will come. You see, you'll go there and talk to them. It's a good meeting point for me, according to me that I'm seeing. Because now that is your private place. No one will come and say, why are you spreading this? That is your home, you know. And right now I don't think if someone can come here and tell me, why am I doing this? You see, this is my place. I pay for it. It's my house where I live. That is my biggest plan. So that the next generation will not be circumcised under, you know, funny, funny things, like sugar. Like sugar, if the if you look at sugar, the one they gave us is like $1. Let me see. Exchange rate. Yeah, $1. One kg, that's around $1. American, you know, American dollars. Someone gives you $1 for an exchange of something, they'll get out of you forever.
1: I think if you held a crowdfunding campaign for setting up such a center in Kenya, that there'd be a lot of foreign activists who would be interested in supporting you.
0: Yeah, actually, I'd uh, I I'd started one from uh, is it uh, the sudden crowdsourcing? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think they call it crowdsourcing, something like that. But uh, it hasn't picked up yet because uh, the amount that is there is around, I think, forty-six dollars. I haven't even removed them. But uh, it's easier. You see, people trust you more than they trust us. So if I, even if I credit that. Personally, as on from my end, that's what I was saying. It is much easier for someone from that side to do it for me than me to do it from this side. Because one, someone who's just had, a a fellow Kenyan will just see the campaign and go and, you know, share it and talk bad about it. You see, that that kind of negative energy. And then also someone from your side same you know, there are a lot of people from this side who go, they pretend they're they're, they're helping to feed children. You know, those things that happen. Someone creates a go find me from Africa, but he's just funding his own life, not even helping the people they claim they are helping. So that and then then the Nigerians and their con. You see, uh, there's this country called Nigeria. They have really spoiled everything. Like everyone knows, a black person is from Nigeria. They're con me. <laughs> so I'm, it's hard I'm, to get funding. I'm surprised that the, the
1: Nigerian scam <laughs> emails are actually coming from Nigeria? I'd always assumed that they were made up by people from all over the world, but I didn't realize that stereotype extended specifically to people who were actually from Nigeria. From
0: Nigeria. Do you know that the saddest part of it? They have now come to Kenya. They are staying in Kenya. Those are those are conmen, the Nigerian conmen. Do you know why? Because the internet is accessible in Kenya. So most of them actually stay in Kenya. The ones who send people those emails, you know, (laughs) I'm a prince, whatever. Some even use love. They find a woman on the internet, they fall in love, yet they just want to, you know, eat their money and all that. Sometime back even PayPal. PayPal is, actually, when I was, because when I said my writing, I had to get paid through PayPal. So I find that PayPal used to limit my account. Most most of the time, they're like, where's this money coming from? You see, they have that negative attitude about Africa. They just feel, have, this money maybe is not coming from right sources, or money laundering, you see. So you'll find that a client pays me, have to tell the client, you know what, it's better you write to people and tell them this money you sent to me is, uh, is money that you're paying for my work, you see. That's how people will again release my money, you see. So Africa, Nigerians spoiled the entire Africa, for all of Africa, trust me. Right now, if you wanted genuine help, don't think you're just some Nigerian who wants to steal money. So it's, it's very hard, but if uh, if someone believes in me from your side, who can even actually travel? Because here they treat whites very well. If you came to Kenya, <laughs> you will be treated like a like a god. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, you know. So that's what I want. Like someone, you know, on holidays. Because I do know there are also people, the, the activists from your side who come to Mombasa, the beaches in Kenya for holidays. You see. So if such people can find time and then they come and pass by and see some project, you know, they can come by and tour the place, not just for for for, for the holiday they have come to spend. They can also come, you know, to the villages if they're activists, you see, and talk about people will listen to them. Let them not just come to Kenya to for the holiday, for those beautiful beaches in Mombasa or whatever, but they can also use that time to connect with me so that you can move around with them so that people can see, yes, this is, is serious. Here has some people, you see. But if they see me moving alone, no one wants to follow someone walking alone. <laughs> that could also help, you know? It's not all about the money, the money, because, okay, someone can give you the money, but you don't have a plan. It will not work. A plan is important before even that money. That's why me, I told myself, that line, that's the plan that I have. At least come and see. It will be actually, it will be your happiness to know that uh, in Africa, as activists, we have our thing going on. I don't want it to be mine. It will make more sense if it is that way. But uh, if you, even if you collected the money, then uh, you just leave it for me. You see, I'll still be overwhelmed. You know, uh, it will be overwhelming. But if the support is uh, different, you know, not just the money, but you people coming through like an active. We are actually we're a huge group because I always see if someone post something about their a lot of activists people come on that comment and you see you don't know where they've come from people are many, a lot of activists that are are, are in this campaign, but what we need to do is have a base also, spread your wings, not only in America, let's spread your wings because in Africa you know, Kenya Uganda, spread your wings there and you'll see, you'll have something for yourself, you say you know you have your computers updated ones let's donate this to that place you see it there you know that's how it, it's better way. you know that's how i'll say it
1: well i think after this you'll find it a lot easier to connect with activists from around the world is is there anything that i haven't asked you about that you wanted to talk about or anything that you, you still want to cover before we finish the interview
0: um, i'll just I wanted to ask how uh, you okay in your country the campaign, how is it going? Like, if you're to measure success when you started, uh, maybe the challenges, I know maybe you had a few challenges, but if you compare whatever I've told you and yours from your side, how is it going?
1: Mixed. In America, there is a greater access to information. Basically, everyone here has internet access, and not just internet access, but they are on the internet all the time, every day. The advantage of that is that you can spread information and look up anything you want very easily. And the disadvantage is that everyone is constantly inundated with information and it's a very easy to get lost in the noise. And so I think there is definitely greater awareness of the issue and There is a incredibly strong movement of people who are not just choosing to keep their kids intact, but also things like home birth, natural birth, peaceful parenting. But the challenge is that what very often happens is that people go into their own subcultures or not actual tribes, but like intellectual groups. And so... You'll have some people for whom all the information they get comes from one perspective, and that's the only perspective they ever hear. And they're able to basically filter out anything that would change their mind or expose them to a different perspective. And so the challenge, the the other challenge that we have here is that America is huge. Uh, Each state in America is comparable to another small country. So when you ask, like, how's it going here? The situation in Chicago is totally different than what it is where I live in Austin, Texas is totally different than the way things are on each of the coasts. So it's a little different everywhere. And there's some places where it's going really well and some where it really hasn't changed much. But that's, that's kind of an okay. overview. So I'd have to give you more detail if you had any specific piece of it you were curious about.
0: Um, that's it, but uh, it's like, because uh, what I've, I've, I've uh, through my discussions, what I've realized from your side is uh, you circumcise babies, right?
1: That's the that's the commonality in America, yes.
0: Because here, mostly the Muslims, they circumcise babies. babies. Uh, all other tribes, they circumcise uh, at age 11, 12, 13. Fourteen there, so that's the age group mostly. The ones they do, they so with the babies here, it's a personal choice actually, but mostly the Muslims I see after eight days when you give birth after eight days, is the boy is supposed to be circumcised, you know. But uh, with other tribes, uh, you're circumcised when you're around eleven years, twelve years. 13-14 there. So at least that gives you a chance because at least a 12-year-old can say no or yes, you see. But a baby is now the parent to have right for my baby. Because at the end of the day, you see now, like, people, these days, people identify as, you wake up one day, sir, one time, your boy identifies as a girl, and you already circumcised him. Don't you think that will be FGM to him, like, if if you had to reason it that way.
1: I've heard people talk about that as a possibility that transgender people will have a case that the genital cutting that was done to them ha- has a new layer of being wrong or potentially illegal.
0: At least you, like, I'm I, actually I'm seeing from your side, it's going to be a success because people are now believing that people love to identify with something when they grow. You see, and even parents are now seeing that kids, when they grow up, they won't be the way they were. They will identify with some. So if you, if you, if you people check that approach from that perspective, it's going to be a it's going to be a success. Despite the fact that some people are so conservative, you know, you know, those people, there are some people that you can never change their minds. But when they realize that they realize that it's not about them, it's about the the kids. Kids are are just, you know, this generation is just crazy. Like, we think the same at some point, the way I'm seeing the generation, the way it is, the way it is going, going to be very different from uh, the other generation, whereby people believe this. You see, a child will say, I don't want to go to school. There's nothing you'll do about it. From your, if you're to look at development from your, from your country, human rights, you see, if people fall, put this as a human, because your country loves to, to talk about human rights so much, they will maybe think about it and see it as a point of another form of human rights. You see, that I am not, you are not supposed to do this. Okay, it is your right. But what about their right? You see?
1: That's the argument that many activists are making.
0: Yes. So if they'll think through that, then it will be a success. Though now, from my point of view, from my side, it's, it's, it's going to be an uphill climb the good thing is I have removed the other part, the shame part of it. See that actually most people in my country, they have that shame. You see, mm. I am not circumcised. You see, that shame. Because when I started, I used to feel like, eh, now if I post about circumcision, all these girls are going to think that I'm just there, I'm not circumcised, you see. <laughs> but I told myself, ah, whatever, I don't, think, I don't care about that, I remove that part. That, that, that's the hardest part to remove from them. If if, if I can't find a way to move that shame, okay, it's good whether you're circumcised or not. It will, it's, it's that, that's the only part, the shame, you know. Once people love themselves, they, they are that shame, You know, it will be good. Here, someone will rather accept that he's gay than accepting that he's not circumcised. <laughs> Yet you see gays are treated worse than even people are circumcised, but they will rather say, you know what, I'm gay instead of saying I'm not circumcised. Now that is the how strong that thing is, you know? They'd rather say that. (laughs) For real. If you tell tell one man, okay, they put two guys there, two guys are standing there, then you're there. They say, I want to say in front of this girl that for you you love men, you don't love girls. Or say I'm not circumcised. He will say that I love men. He won't say Hmm. he's not circumcised.
1: (laughs) why is so this the social pressure that move.
0: great
1: hmm? why is the social pressure you
0: see it's because of uh, the hygiene there's the, this uh, you know the, you know the hygiene part of it also they feel okay if you told a guy you're not circumcised for her she'll figure she'll start imagining how that your penis is that's in her mind she'll start imagining that you see and then you see people, Africans, are now opening up to kinky sex, you know. (laughs) Girls want to give men BJ's, blowjobs, you see. So they start, (laughs) they'll be like, I can't give an uncircumcised man a blowjob, you see. So they'll start imagining a lot of things, but they'll start saying, you see, someone who's circumcised has a clean penis. And a man, any man, you see, any man who enters adolescence starts to, you know, be clean, you see, starts you know, feeling ah, I have to shower. You see that type of thing. So when a man feels he's not circumcised and he feels he started loving women, also he will just feel awkward. Like ah, maybe I'm not clean. You see, so he wouldn't even want to be next to to a woman. You see.
1: You know, one of the things that I notice is that there's a a game of telephone that's happening between what Americans say about this issue and then what reaches African countries where if you listen to even people who are pro circumcision in America, they won't say that you can never get HIV unless if you're, if you're circumcised, they'll say it reduces the percentage of HIV transmission by a certain amount. But it sounds like that when that information is given to local doctors and people who they're hiring to perform circumcisions. And then it's given to parents and, and people who young people who they're trying to circumcise. And then it reaches the general population. By the time it's been repeated that many times it's gone from, Oh, it reduces it by a certain percent or it's better in some way, or all these sort of claims to this like exaggerated version where you can never get any sexually transmitted disease if you're circumcised and that the intact body is, you know, horribly unhygienic or there's something gross and wrong with it. And it almost gets exaggerated along that repetition.
0: Uh, It is true because, uh, you know, with the propaganda, uh, people love adding something into something to make the message reach a certain group we you see governments they have a target audience sometimes in most campaigns uh the target audience with this circumcision campaign because obviously other tribes will circumcise because it is their culture so it won't be they won't be forced to you see because they know when i research age i know we are supposed to be circumcised then the tribes that don't circumcise they have to pass an agenda you know because there's no day in see with Africa, Africa is rooted deeply into their cultures. So there's no day you just wake up and go to another African sub tribe and tell them, you know what? From today onwards, you're going to circumcise without a proper reason. That they're also seeing that it is true. People are losing their sons. Mothers are losing to HIV. You see, a mother was buried her firstborn to HIV. Age. If you came to her and told her, you know what? Circumcise your secondborn, he won't die of the virus. He will do it very fast, you see. So they, they, they identified a problem, came with a solution that is not true, which people bought to eat. Even the people already infected were circumcising with hopes that it will reduce their infection, yet they already infected. And the sad part of it that when, when someone who is already infected circumcises, is also not going to practice safe sex, He's going to be spreading this virus, you know, because they told them, if you remove the foreskin and you're, you're even infected, you, your, your transmission rate will also reduce. You see? So this person is no longer going to use condoms. Is going to have raw sex with everybody, increasing more and more infections, alienating such a tribe and making them, you know. You see, governments, when a government sees a certain tribe has potential of rising, they find a way of making sure you know they don't rise and you know war these days modern war won't be about bombs you know guns war is going to be biological it's going to be biology people will send viruses people will send diseases that's how the modern war is going to be and it is easier for war to be won through biology you know biological warfare is very easy so if if your country if cuz my actually my tribe we are the most educated. We value education. And the government is also scared when people are overly educated in, in more so African governments, you see, basic human rights. You start saying people, do, people should love whoever they want. You see, you start producing lawyers who will reason with the people you have arrested, the government has arrested. So that's what the government does to my people, because they know despite all the alignment despite all all the things they've tried to do to us what have saved us is education because we cannot be employed the government only employs people from their tribe because if you go to all the ministers you find from their people for us we have to be engineers to build people forms we have to be electricians you see those are the jobs that other people don't want to do those are the jobs we now have to go and study you know electrician uh, engineering construction work uh, Welding—that is, you know, low. Because these other people, they know, uh, even if you don't study, connection will give me a job. What about us? You have to study and study and study. So that if you don't get this, you do this. You find here someone is a lawyer, but can construct a home. You see. So we have degrees and degrees and degrees. You see, like me, actually, I did journalism.
1: But I double as an
0: electrician. Sometimes I can do electrician. Uh, Also, right now I want to go back to school to study construction and building because I want to build that place alone. I want to to build. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be swindled. You see, because if you with construction here, it is business. People will if you don't know, they'll swindle you. So uh, next year, actually, I'm uh, registered. I'm joining school. I'm going for my degree civil engineering. That's what I'm going to study. Building and construction next year. So the government is so scared. Like they have to find a way, you know, to make us look weak. Even though you study, you're not circumcised, you're nothing. You see, you see now, imagine yeah. you, you, you waste you, you. 10 years in school, you're reasoning with someone, then it, it brings out a point that ah, your point is invalid because you're not circumcised. <laughs> you see.
1: So, so I didn't it, it's realize. Painful. Actually, it's very painful. I, I didn't realize how tribal kenyan politics were it sounds like there's one tribe in power and they circumcise and people from your tribe are more educated and might come into power so they're using propaganda and money from the united states to say that because your tribe doesn't circumcise you're unhygienic or spreading hiv and trying to make you look bad and essentially demonizing their political opposition to keep you out of power while only hiring exactly. their people in government they, positions.
0: They make us look unsuccessful. There's that word. They make us look unsuccessful in it, whatever we do because one, uh, you see this other tribe, when they want loans in banks, uh, actually here, the bank, do not give you a loan depending on your you know, past financial statements. Your name betrays you. Actually, if you Google the word, your name betrays you, it will bring you to Kenya. (laughs) I'm I'm being serious. Your name betrays you. The banks won't give you loans, but it will give the other tribe. So it has made them so successful in business. They are so rich and successful that it makes it feel like it's because of the things they do in the are They feel that there's some spirits they evoke. But during circumcision, there words they say. So it, the propaganda has it that those words have made them successful, uh, those chants, the things they chant, something like, I don't know, you know, magic, something, you know, so they feel. But if you look at it into a perspective, they're not rich because of the chants. They're rich because of the systemic in your country, we call it systematic racism. Here we call it tribalistic racism, whereby uh, they are the most who receive huge loans. I have my land. If I go to the bank so that they can build for me, they won't build for me because of my name. If another person from other Trade has land, cause that's what's happening here. People just take their land, they give the bank from other Trade. The bank builds for them rentals. Uh, the bank takes money from them, maybe the, the bank takes take the upper building, then the lower building is there for so maybe for five years, then they leave them with the, with the entire building now is theirs. You see, obviously they'll be successful. Their kids will be successful. Their kids will have inheritance. What about us? Nothing. Right now my land is worth uh, a lot of money if, if I'm to sell it. It's worth a lot of money, you see. But still, I can't be given a loan. They cannot build for me anything there, you see. So that is what they've done. Which is sad. It's very sad. So we, our parents have to waste, use a lot of money to educate us, you know, take us to school, only for you to end up doing other things. I cannot get a job in the radio. I can't. You see? Yet I studied journalism. I have a degree in mass communication, but I cannot do that. You see? Now that I do, I'm writing. I'm, I have my own, I'm a freelance writer. You see? We so- find our way out with no support, which is sad.
1: So this is interesting because I think the picture that most Americans have who are aware of this or aware that the United States is putting a lot of money towards African circumcision campaigns is that this is something that Americans are forcing on the local population or basically bullying them with money. But it sounds like that there are local groups who are using that money and that Mm -hmm. propaganda to further their own local politics and that exactly that's a very different picture
0: it's true Uh, that's why in kenya every election we have a war every election even this one we're even scared because right now the support is drumming for the the one from the inferior tribe and the other tribe is scared their businesses you see so this is the time people are going to start disappearing. If you're supporting this other people are going to start disappearing, uh, people are going to be intimidated. It's going to be a tough one. You know, it's really going to be a tough one. But I'm seeing change. The way I'm seeing this time is going to be valid change. You know, it's, it's for the good because the other tribe, since independent, is the same tribe that has been ruling. Since independent, we got independent in 1963. Can you imagine without change of guard? 1963 of alienation, whereby your people have been alienated. Your people cannot be employed. The military is headed by the other side. During post-election, they send policemen. They send soldiers who wear policeman uniform to put you, you know, so that you cannot be, you cannot to threaten you. You see, so that when these people steal elections, there's nothing you can do. And when you try to do something. They send their local people, all the people, the, the the people in uniform. They'll remove their clothes and they pretend they're locals. They'll ask your name. They'll forcefully circumcise you, you know, if you're from the other tribe. They even say, huh? They have their chance. They say, "You know what? Let's show them that we have the blood of Mau Mau. Mau Mau was a rebel group that fought for independence. Let's show them." Our blood, you know, we have the blood of Mamo runs in us. They work with knives, you know, they're protected. Then they'll come, I want you to Google, I'll write, I'll send you a name. Google the word Mungiki. I'll, I'll send you on, on, on Messenger. Now that is a rebel group that the government uses during election time to, to intimidate other tribes. The rebel group's work is to, to, to kill, maim, circumcise. Those are the three things. Can't you see wow. now how important that the circumcision is? It, it sounds Forcefully like these four circumcisions.
1: It sounds like these forced circumcisions follow the pattern of hate crimes. That it's a, a exactly. dominant group.
0: If you follow the case of Kenya in ICC, actually there was a war crime case in Kenya. Uh, the main things there actually circumcision was also there. If you if you can if you go, if you'll get time and see, uh, there was maiming, uh, killing of a certain tribe and uh, forcefully circumcising. It was there among the cases. And I'll try, I'll try and get for images of people who are circumcised on the streets, forcefully, they they remove your clothes, they circumcise, and even if they find you circumcised and then your ID reads another tribe, they'll re they say that you you are, Actually, they, for them, they believe their circumcision is the best, the traditional one. So it is useless, and that's the point I always try to tell them. You see, usually, you're wasting time. It's to validate yourself to these people. But and people are buying. Actually, when I when I started through that point, eh, I found a lot of audience. They started agreeing. They're like, okay. Hmm. Even on my post, they're like, even some people, some tribe that, that there's a certain tribe also who, who practices that circumcision. They, they also say, even us you circumcise, but you don't take it as a big thing, like this other tribe. Why is it that for them they feel that circumcision is so huge? I started finding such comments. I was like, okay. So let me take it, they want to be tribal, now let me take it through that angle, you see. So that is how insane the circumcision is, is insane like that. Only in Kenya, because other African countries haven't had a huge, you know, it's here that I see, I don't know, but politicians, they know how to study the, 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 the dynamics, they know. So when they study people, they know, okay, let's use circumcision as an agenda. And that's what they're using. I think. In other discussions, I'll be taking screenshots and I'll send you. You'll find someone saying, ah, I can't talk with someone who's uncircumcised. <laughs> wow. You
1: know. The the political elements of this are really fascinating and not something that I think most Americans are aware of. It almost sounds like the the best thing that could happen for this issue would be a change of power in, in terms of who's in power in the government, but there'd be all sorts of secondary things that that might change also things that are far beyond this issue
0: true and uh i'm seeing a wave the good thing is the the presidency the way i'm seeing right now this generation is trying is starting you see the problem is the other generation we had older people were more than the younger because the younger generation died you know hiv a lot of diseases depression because of lack of work so you find that the, the, the Kenya right now is, is still comprising of the other older generation that is so tribal. Now, like, I personally have not married from my tribe, you see, which is now good. So when you intermarry, at least the kids, when they grow up, they have different perspectives. You see, they'll start viewing things differently. Hmm. So intermarriage, like, unlike in the past, was hard from my tribe to marry. You see, the other tribe, they call themselves... Uh, royalty, they have the blood of royalty, blood of leadership. It's like a peasant marrying the daughter of a of a king. It was hard. But now things are changing. People are trying to view things, because they're seeing that this tribe is rising up despite the challenges, which is attractive to the females from the others. Now they are men, the men from the other side. They now have their small beef <laughs> with, with the men from this side. Because they are women. The women are now loving the men from this side. You see, when you're civilized, there's a way you behave. The way you treat women is different. See, for them, they treat their women as a property because they're still uh, they are stuck into culture. Uh, from my tribe, we treat our women differently, you see? Like, we value them in a different perspective. There's a way we treat them. So the other side is, find, is finding this side, again, more attractive, the women. So most of the women are now getting married. <laughs>
1: That's that's interesting. And that is why
0: that's a, go ahead. And that is why there's also going to be a change of power. Now you see the opposition, the person who's in the position. The son is married to the daughter of the president <laughs> of this side. So this thing is bringing They're somehow listening because of this marriage. So this person wants to support this person, the the one in government, because this is his last time, he cannot stand up again next time. So because it is his last time, his favorite, again, is from the the lower tribe, his favorite, because the son is married to his daughter. So he wants the power to remain there, (laughs) which to me, I see, okay, it's it's, it's bad, but again, it's a small win, which is good, uh, because I know people change. Power is corrupt. This person will get power and be like, my people have been mistreated for so many years. It's time now they enjoy the benefits. You see, if he'll make, if, he, if he's going to be making choices, he will make rules and laws and choices that will at least try to be neutral. Because he's, he's a good guy, by the way. He supports gays. He, he supports human rights. He fought for multipartism. He fought for freedom of, of, of media. Because in the past, there was only one television channel. Through him... We have different uh, stations. That one everyone knows about that. He's the one who has fought all for all of that. But he has suffered, he has been jailed, he has, you know, he can never give birth, He's, his balls, like he really suffered. You see, that's how evil the regime was. So things things will change. Things will change. I'm positive, things will really change.
1: You know, it, it sounds like that some of the propaganda around intact men being unhygienic or like telling women that they should never be with a man who still has that part of his body. It sounds like some of that might also be a way of preventing interracial marriage because it sounds like the, the people from tribes and groups that are intact are also more educated. They have different attitudes towards women. And so Saying that they're somehow dirty or bad is a way of keeping those women in the tribe that is dominant and in power.
0: What what I'll answer you on that is, uh, you see, the dirtiness came from, you know, when you're marginalized, basic things you don't get like water. You see, you find the government does not build boreholes for you. Wow. See but uh, uh, when you get exposed you start earning your money you come from the village you live in town you have running water you become clean you meet a girl from the other tribe she's surprised okay so you men can be clean from your tribe you are not size. they start having a different perspective it is different when that lady gets someone from the village who has never come to the town lacks water lacks soap you see
1: so, so some uh, of the stereotype for- or propaganda might be playing into the fact that that people from those tribes are being denied basic necessities like water
0: basically exactly yes like water Mm. you find that uh, you have to wake up in the morning before you go to school walk a long distance for some river to fetch water you see what time will you even shower you see so you find and then also their parents were killed by the other regime so you find that a boy who the father is supposed to teach you how to wash your private part It's not there. Your mother cannot tell you that, you see. Like, personally, my mother couldn't tell me, you know what, may I learn to wash my, 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 my penis through a friend, a fellow guy that I, I used to go to the river to shower and I see how he used to wash his penis, you know, the way he retracts his skin and washes. That's how I learned, you see. You don't have that father figure who could train you and until you know what, this is how you're supposed to watch. You see, like girls, you see girls, you see girls and their mothers. Their mothers teach them how they're supposed to watch themselves at a younger age. You see, when they go to shower with their mothers, which to us is different. You're not showering with your father, you'll never know how to do it. You'll never know. So you when you grow up to such challenges and you learn these things, you learn when you've made a mistake. Maybe you learn when you've met a girl from, other, from the other challenges. That made that impossible. At least right now, people who have internet. You can like, you come to town like right now, I'm not, I came from the village to the town, have my shower there, have my water there. You see, so it's, the hygiene part is dying. That, that propaganda is now dying, you see. And it is hurting them that the hygiene part of it, the other tribe now, you see, they, they if they can text me and say, you know what, I enjoy sex with men from your tribe, it means. They are, they are having more sex with men from my tribe, which was impossible in the past, but now it is. Now, what they're doing, they're making sure for you not to marry from their tribe again. They're making these things, this called dowry, the bread price. They're putting it so high. You see, someone will tell you, I want 100 cows, I want $50,000 if you want my daughter. You see, so they try to make it so, you know, a lot of money so they don't take their daughters. But you see, with women, when a woman loves somebody, they don't care. They'll come stay with you, have a baby with them, and then what will you do? You will forget about it and they'll fight their life, have the simple ready, and that's it. So they're learning things and they're, they're cutting boundaries and forgetting that tribal, you know. But it's their men, the men the, their men have refused to change. Even the boys, when they go to that circumcision, I hear the things they tell them, you see. So the, it's the problem now is with the men, but the women are cooperating, but the men for that tribe, they're so tribalistic, and they view other people as a nobody,
1: hmm.
0: which is very different from their women. Their women are so cooperative. I think even more educated than them. there is I see because most of them are drunkards. They don't value education because they know, ah, my father is rich, has land. My father has houses to live for me. You see, here in Africa, inheritance is about a boy. If you have, if, if you have a child, whether the daughter is the first born, and the boy, the son is the last born all inheritance goes to the boy, you see. So there's a there's also that uh, laziness in them, you know. They spend all day drinking, not educating themselves. The women are developing, the women are going to school, the women are becoming more because they don't, they have to look for their own wealth. They have to create their own wealth, you see. So you find that they've been left behind and that is also hurting them. You see, most of the women are eloping with these other people because they feel that like these people are, 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 you know, they're hardworking. So there's no way you'll wait for your father to die to, to be to inherit the because you'll be there, you'll have no money. You'll wait for them to die so that they give you the wealth. And that thing has made sent them into depression. Imagine sitting there waiting for a 70-year-old or 50-year-old man to die, and he's not dying. <laughs> so you, you become depressed.
1: It's really interesting to learn how this issue of, of circumcision and genital cutting kind of intersects with so many other things around tribe and social demographics and gender. And I, I, that's something that I th- those of us who are in the United States looking from the outside aren't aware of, but it sounds like you've you've noticed and put some thought into. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like uh, they, they don't have the... Okay, when America looks at Africa, actually America doesn't look at Kenya. America looks at Africa. You see that's the problem. Uh, They feel Africa is one continent with the same thing. But you'd be surprised that my country alone has 42 tribes, you see? Yet that is just one country out of the entire Africa. And each of these 42 tribes have their own beliefs. So if you sub, you know, if you try to not to, you know, try to view Africa as Africa and view it as a, you know, view each country, it will be easier to have an agenda passed easily. You know, you don't just pass an agenda and say Africa. It won't work. Most will fail, but if you target a country, cause right now you see my country is the target place. I don't know why they always target anything that they want to roll out in Africa, they start with Kenya, trying ground, you know. When it's successful here, you'll hear next Uganda, you see Tanzania. So that's how they do. They started with now the, the vaccine. The, 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 they have given us free coronavirus vaccine. Kenya is being vaccinated now. You know, Kenyans are being vaccinated. They will want to see how it goes. From there, you'll hear South Africa, Rwanda, Burundi, you know, Uganda, Tanzania. So It's just trial and error, trial and error, like that, like that. But when they make such policies, they are going to America, you see. However much you people, however much America will build walls, you do what? Human beings will always find a way of entering anywhere. They will always be, you see. People will always come, and that is going to be a hard thing for for all other, other countries. When you destabilize a country, it destabilizes your own country too, you see. That's the problem. When you bring policies and try to make them work in places that they're not used to, it is very dangerous to the local people who are not educated because they're the ones who always will take things the way they come. Here, with vaccines, you'll find that the villagers, people in the village, they will be the highest vaccinated as compared to people who have information. Yeah, the conversation is going, no, I'm not going to take the vaccine. A lot of people in terms are saying, ask them why they give you valid points. One, because this and this. But in the village, they they have an idea. They'll just go, they'll get in check. You see, very, very important. Like, if, if someone has information, he has power. And if, why village where I come from can be given that? You know set up a computer room a building where people can go there browse the internet get more information have such conversations now like you see the, the way we were talking have a big screen there and let them all be there for them seeing themselves they are talking to you people like that trust me it will be hard for them to accept any other thing other than the ones they are telling them because mm. the people are even telling them they- People like us, you see, the people are telling them they are not hearing. They are not hearing from the horse's mouth. They are hearing from the people like us who are being trained. Now, imagine you people take this opportunity, you know, and be the first-hand information to them. Don't you think they will believe you more than they will believe people like me?
1: You you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because the Americans add social proof and. Validation yes. that what you're saying is true and educated and all of those things.
0: Exactly. So they, they will believe they, they, more, more than that.
1: I, I have kind of a crazy question, which is how much does money play a role in Kenyan politics? Because I know in America, political campaigns require huge donations. And I'm wondering what size a donation would make a difference in Kenyan elections? In other words, if there was a rich American who wanted to sponsor this potential new Kenyan leadership, what amount of money would make a difference? Or is money even the deciding factor that would make a difference?
0: Now, let me tell you one thing about Kenyan politics. Uh, When it comes to politics in Kenya, the people who are in power, they make sure they steal enough money and hide them so that they can bring them back when they want a MP somewhere or a governor somewhere. So you find that a governor five years or 10 years, you see, but he's a governor, but he's planning to be a president in the future. He makes sure that uh, he has stolen enough money that he won't even need other people's money. See how those people are, no one will listen to them. You say that's, again, the problem. Like, you find, uh, let's say, I I can say now I want to be an MP. I won't have the money, I won't have the resources. But let's say I have someone who is willing to put money on me so that I can have a vigorous campaign. There are a lot of things that you'll, one, you'll have used your money for, you'll, you'll have lost your money because... We have systems, the system chooses here. We we will elect, yes, we'll have. So it's a politics of who who can we support so that they will save the money we have stolen in the past. Who can we support that uh, will uh, protect the land that we stole in the past? So these rich politicians, they choose, even if they are retired, they will choose someone they are sure of that will protect their businesses. So even if you can have George Soros, this rich guy who sponsors uh, revolutions, you know George Soros? Even if you had George Soros behind you with all the billions of money, but the system in Kenya feels threatened that when you come, you change things, they'll make sure you don't pass. Even if you pass. (laughs) Got it. So so
1: if there was a Kenyan politician who'd been collecting money from the United States circumcision programs and putting it in his own pocket, and you come into power and say you're going to remove those programs or audit them, he's going to feel very threatened by that.
0: Very, very threatened. Actually, in Kenya, activists don't become they have tried there are a lot of activists that have tried to join politics because it is easier when you are politi- when an activist and then you become a politician sometimes it's easier to put out your points out there you see when you're making laws but all the activists with the support of the people who support them all of them have failed because the government knows these are people who are against us
1: so so it's almost all easier to them, be an I'm activist you, if you're not threatening the power of of those who are in charge they might give you some of your mm-hmm. agenda as long if you as you don't promise want to, not to. And,
0: uh, ex- like, uh, you know, it's harder to be an activist and join politics in Kenya, even if you have a support base. Because uh, most, most activists actually they have a huge, more so if you're against police brutality, which are facts. Right now, we have a lot of gays in Kenya. Imagine if you decided to become an MP right now. And you're supporting their agenda. They'll, yeah, they'll, they'll give you money. They'll vote you. They have money, actually. They have a lot of money because we have, we also have people who are secretly gays, but they have a lot of money. They'll sponsor you. They'll, they'll, they'll give you donations. But once the you see government, they always have. They know. They know where money comes. They know who has given you money. They know. Once they see, hey, eh, fifty gays have given this politician money, this guy wants to become an MP it means that they is going to bring an agenda. You see, they just don't like agendas. Mm. They want the ones they have. If you come with an agenda, you have to be in a political party to be something, you see, and those political parties, they have their own agendas, you see. And if you come with your own agenda that you want to join that political party with a new agenda, even the people who are there, they won't, you know, they they, they will feel threatened. They will even eliminate you if, if, if needs be. Here they don't care. At least with, with America, what I love about your politics sometimes is there are no a lot of murders that you kill you, you kill an opponent, you see that type of thing. At least it's somehow, even if it's not free, even if it's not free, but at least somehow there's a playing field. You are going to come, you're not going to, to you're not going to campaign to your constituents by telling them, I'm going to build roads, because roads are already there. You see. Here in Africa is different. I'm going to have the same agenda. You see, that's the saddest part. It's always the same agenda. Every political term is the same agenda. At least with uh, the Western culture, I see every election, you have different agendas. We are voting someone who is going to remove our troops from Afghanistan. You see, here, (laughs) it's different. It's the same. We are going to build roads. I promise to build schools. You see, (laughs) the youths, actually, they always target the youths. I'm going to make sure you're employed, you see. So it's employment for the youth, For the youth are the ones who are the biggest who have votes uh, and they're the ones who are active, they can move, you see. They, they are jobless. When I, when I have a campaign, the, the place will be full because they are jobless. They're the people obviously are going to be addressing every day in a campaign. So they target the youth with those agendas. They same every, I always ask myself that, Africa, are we just cast? are we just stupid, like naturally? For real, like sometimes I ask myself, how come that every election we have the same agenda? There's nothing new, like, you know, okay, uh, this time I'm going to make sure we protect your rights. Uh, I'm going to make sure there's total democracy. They don't pick that, there's no ideologies. We don't have, uh now that's the term I was looking for. Africa, we don't vote ideologies. We vote promises, Mm. I'll build roads. You see, I'll build you roads, I'll build schools, I'll give you free internet, I'll make sure you're employed, I'll sponsor your kids who have scored high marks to take them to the US, Germany, France for further education. Such enticing, enticing things. So you're just there asking yourself, why can't they come, okay, this, this election, why can't somebody say equality? I'll make sure that your daughters that you're taking to school are going to be given equal pay. Why can't someone come with such? If you try to talk about that, the men will be like, okay, now they want the women to be on top of us. Let's eliminate him. <laughs> you see, they are scared of, ideolo- the, the problem with Africa, if you have an ideology, they take you as a rebel. They view ideologies as a rebellion. Because in Africa, most ideologies end up in the forest. You see the, the Mau Mau ideology, forest. <laughs> uh, Joseph Kony forest. Congo, if you go to Congo, forest. So most ideologies, they, they don't end up in the forest because they want the, the gorilla warfare. It's because the government tries to suppress them. You, you, you arrest them because of ideology, they, they, they fight back and then it becomes total chaos. Anyone who has an ideology is a criminal in Africa. Criminal,
1: number one. It sounds like that change might happen in part because the potential leader or president from your tribe is someone who's representing a growing, better educated group of people that are, are moving up in society and now have greater representation or influence. Not necessarily because of any ideology he has or... Different way of doing things. Yeah, uh, yes. Is that accurate? It, to say? Like
0: is not, it, it, not tribal. And uh but you know, with Africa, uh before presidents get into power, they are good, you know, they, they're so good. But they say power is corrupt. You know, they always say power is corrupt. It goes through your head, you know. If you watch Games of Thrones, my favorite uh, watch Games of Thrones.
1: <laughs> I'm familiar with the show, you know, the Mad
0: King. <laughs> So power is corrupt. Power is very corrupt. You can have a nice person, he's good, you know, he's a good guy. He will win. But the problem about politics, we all have good ideas.
1: Right right now, even
0: like if if I became right now, if someone told me, okay, if you become president, what will you do? I'll give you a million things I'll do if I become president. I become president. Will I do them? Maybe, maybe not. Everyone was positive when Barack Obama was elected. But to be honest, I know people fear to say this, it wasn't the best, like a lot of Blacks are in jail, (laughs) for for real, like he never created reforms whereby we say uh, Black men, you know, there's actually there's an increase in racism in America. This is going to bring changes. What did he do? He came to Africa, bombed Libya, destabilized Africa, <laughs> his home place. You see, people are positive. That now we have a black president. All the money is going to come back to develop Africa. But it didn't work like that. It doesn't work like that always. There is a shadow government that is pushing agendas. You see? So that's why politics is just, it's difficult. He's a good guy, but you cannot be overly, you know, maybe you live and be overwhelmed. You know, it's the first time. It is his first time. You
1: know? Is there anything else that you want so, to add before we before we finish up? Because I'm we're coming up on our time here.
0: Uh, just uh, like uh, the part about uh, if the support, uh, I know maybe you have you have the capacity, maybe to mobilize, which I don't have. Uh, maybe if it will be possible to mobilize, maybe so that I could get the needed support so that to make it possible. Because most of the things I do right now, I I do them out of my my own pocket. And sometimes, you know, like now, like our families, really made it hard for us. Sometimes you put this money for this, you end up, you know, using it for a court case. So just that if if you can get a group of maybe 10 guys who are interested in something tangible in Africa, Let's say this school was built by you guys. Trust me. It leaves a, it leaves a mark forever.
1: Noted. Yeah.
0: This barhole was dug by these people. Trust me. People don't forget. Villagers, actually, villagers, if you do for them something that is helpful, huh? you've created a cattle deep where they can take their cattle for free, you know, ticks and all that, a cattle dip, no, those, those things that, that are, are beneficial to them, you know, uh, maybe electricity, they, they now have, you've connected maybe 10 homes, eh? electricity, they'll talk about it forever, that's what I know about my people, they are grateful, they're not too demanding, that's why they're easy to manipulate, <laughs> you see. When you're not too demanding, you're easy to manipulate. You don't hold your government to accountability. You know, you have land. And you don't know what to do with it very well, because even if you if you use your land for agriculture, the government buys products from the other tribe. So you see, but if they can be told, you know what, you can do this and that. let you can educate them to do this and that different thing. You see, you you actually you can all, you can spread the gospel indirectly. You see. You don't have to spread like now you know, go to them, you know what? This is uh, my lecturer told me about PR, public relations. So I'm very good at that. There's a sub course I did in mass communication PR, whereby someone takes something from you, but uh, there's something they do, you feel they have done something huge, so that next time you feel when they want something else from you, you will just, you know, they will just understand you because you did something, you know. They will feel indebted. Mm. So the world, we are living in a world of PR, and that is the truth. And if you want to follow things straightforward, it won't, it won't work. It won't. It's a world of PR.
1: Mm.
0: Take a 100 nets. Just say this week, uh, Jay, I want you to take, uh, how, how much is mosquito nets? Maybe it's two dollars, three dollars. Yes, actually, one mosquito net is around three dollars. If someone has around three hundred dollars, you buy mosquito nets for three hundred dollars. Do you know that you will have given over one thousand people? You have given them mosquito nets and blanket. Actually, they love blanket and mosquito net a campaign. they, you know anti-sacramention campaign. They 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 will appreciate that. Then you take pictures, you know, for, you know how things go. Other people will also join. It's actually, for it to be a big thing, you know. And then also seminars, you know, if you are if they are you you actually people can organize seminars. So the seminars, and we can also put other, you know, invite other people. Uh it can work like that. Let's not give up. It will, it will, like if we just stay focused. We keep talking the way we are, you know. I keep spreading the message. This is the fear. I post. I post a lot about it on my wall. I even have a page that I created. So maybe I don't know what you're thinking. Maybe you can tell me your approach. How you feel it will work best.
1: I think the next step would be to share this interview to in- encourage. People who are listening to find the links to your stuff in the show notes. And if they want to connect with you, connect there and go from there. So I hope that helps. Yeah, that will. Well, Jay, thank you for coming and sharing your perspective and your story. story. What are the best places for people to find you? Is the, the Facebook page, what's the name of it?
0: Uh, my Facebook page is Stop the Cut. Uh, I'll give you a link Stop the Cut. That's where mostly you can find me. And then my Facebook too, uh, Jay, Jay Mjenga. That's why I'm very active there. I'm very active on Facebook. So mostly that's where you can find me then also, because I love reading about more about circumcision. You know, you know the internet is flooded with a lot, but you know, sometimes if you've done your own research, maybe you're good at it. At least you can know which one is best for me to read so that I can also pass the message. And also books. I know there are books to do that. So mostly so, but Facebook generally actually the person who directed me to you, he found me through Facebook. Cool. So Facebook is the is the best point. Yeah, Facebook, I'm very available there.
1: Thank you for okay. sharing, sharing everything. That was this has been extremely interesting, and I I think everyone's gonna have a much clearer perspective on what these campaigns look like and what they can do to support and help create change there
0: yeah thank you very
1: much thank you for listening to the brendan murata show if you liked this episode please share it with someone else who would also like it and then go on whatever platform you listen to the show on and leave a positive review if you want to support the show directly go to brendan show and subscribe there Paid subscribers get special unreleased bonus material and live events that are only available to them. Once again, that is brendanmarada.com slash show. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all later.